0: Everybody needs to know that our dogs have been podcasting together already Mm -hmm. today, right? Right, Audrey? Right. And Adler. And Adler. Everybody, this is not Anita and Mel anymore. It's Scotty and Adler. We're just here (laughs) observing, hitting record because we have thumbs. Okay, anyway, (laughs) we kind of introduced you, but actually not at all. So who do we have with us today, Anita? We have Audrey.
1: This is so funny because audrey's one of our patrons and like for three solid weeks my brain went on vacation and could not say her last name even though it's not even hard i was like Heniger? henninger henny henny it's henninger right did i say it finally right audrey that Henniger. is correct yes <laughs> people are scared to say henninger
2: why it, mm. i don't know it's i like don't know. A, like. i a- blame <laughs> bill it was his last name and now i have to deal with that
0: people yeah. not wanting to say henninger what's your maiden name cohen like the easiest like cohen yeah short yeah i don't think it should be that
1: hard but as somebody who suffered from henniger derangement syndrome for three weeks i mean i (laughs) feel for them
0: thanks for putting up with us audrey and welcome thank you
1: tell us where you are where do you where do you live I am in a log cabin, as you can see. In like actually a log cabin. Actually not like a pretend a log cabin.
2: One. Yep. In Leavenworth, Washington,
1: which is about two hours outside of Seattle. Um, Why do you live in a log cabin? How did that come to <laughs> um, pass? Why not? Would you live in a
0: log cabin?
2: I'm yeah, stoked to hear this. We bought this place in 2018 um, as our vacation home. Oh. Yeah. And we lived outside of Seattle in a town called Des Moines. We pronounce the S in Des Moines. Um, But after Bill died, I was like, I don't want to be in that house anymore. I have two houses. I'm one person and two dogs. So we moved out
1: here. Oh, okay. That's interesting.
0: I feel like we know you because we say your name every week. We see you in the Woodow Wives Club. We see the pictures. But then we've actually never spoken really until today right like one on right or two on one we are outnumbered yeah um
2: i discovered the widow wives club probably wall bill was missing i
1: don't know if that's a spoiler alert (gasps) wait
0: you're a widow what wait who well good (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad that she is in the widow wives club and a widow and not a scammer yes okay um Audrey has an interesting story, and we don't know all the ins and outs of it yet. So, yeah, I really want to hear it. So, there is a little tiny spoiler alert, but, yeah. So, that's how you found us? Yeah. Before,
2: I knew for sure he was dead, which is crazy. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. So, I was like, what is a widow? Am I a widow? Where are the other widows? I'm only, I think I'm the same age as you guys. I'm only, well, I just had a birthday last week, so I'm 42 now, but only 41 at the time. And like, I don't know any 41 year old widows. And so that's how I came upon the podcast. And then after I knew Bill was dead, the Widow Wives Club.
0: You're our people. And I'm so sorry. And yes, I'm 40 right now. Anita is 42. Yep. Yep. So we're the same
1: age. Audrey, can you back up and tell us a little bit about Bill, like where he came from, how you guys became together yes, who all of is the this things. bill who is this bill character
2: yeah he is a character for sure we met in college when we were 20 um didn't start dating then though he was really annoying and he smoked and i was just not into that <laughs> <laughs> he's the type of guy that wants to argue a point even if he doesn't believe it just mm-hmm. purely for the sake of arguing But also that was his way of flirting, I think, which now in hindsight, I know. But we started dating when we were 20 after having a class together and then finding out we worked for the same restaurant. Like he Hmm. transferred to my restaurant. That was 20 years ago or just over 20
0: years ago. Were you in Seattle or were you in a different place?
2: Yes. The same town I just moved away from, Des Moines, um, was where we went to college, where we worked, where we lived, where he grew up. We ended up buying his parents' house. Oh, And wow. his parents ended up building a house right behind us. So I lived right next door to my in-laws, which I love my in-laws. And so it was a great arrangement for us. Um, even though we don't have kids, they helped with the dogs and
1: all of that kind of thing. You were, like, inculcated into their tribe. They were like, yeah. we will take you and we will you will be ours now.
2: Yeah, the Henniger compound. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I, man. I have questions. So pre-widow life describe audrey for us
2: um i'm a crazy dog lady um obviously <laughs> i am so crazy i ended up working in the pet industry so i work for a pet food company um mel did you get the care package yes, that, we okay, sent?
0: that was you that sent it yes i yes. i was like who sent me that the dogs love it I just awesome. used the last of some of it the other day because one of my dogs has a super, like my wine, he has the most sensitive everything. So thank you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. i just yeah. some things. I appreciate it. Yeah. The company's
2: amazing. It's based in New Zealand. It's called Canine Natural and Feline Natural. So we sell cat food too, um, but it's based in New Zealand. So I started working for that company and just, that's, In my life i travel a lot for work and i talk about dogs all the time and dog poop (laughs) because dog food equals dog poop um i bet you're fun at parties (laughs) yeah Yeah. until people until it gets awkward (laughs) never
0: (laughs) yeah the stuff's from new zealand and so they ship it here everywhere right yeah Yeah. like it's kind of known in the pet world that new zealand stuff is like top notch yes
2: yes Yes,
0: definitely. Like, it
2: is really high-end fancy.
0: Okay. So you worked as a dog food, dog lover person. Yeah, it's hard to describe.
2: Yes, it's hard to describe my job. But because of work and life and loving dogs, like, Bill and I just decided not to have kids. We were like, we're just going to... by a cabin in the woods. We're going to retire at 50. We're going to uh, have a, like rescue dogs and that's going to be our life. That's what I had been working towards for the last 20 years. Um, but then fast forward to 2022 here at the cabin, um, Bill had an accident and um Bill's the type of guy who he had a motto and and it's really embarrassing to say sometimes or just awkward and that he said nothing bad ever happened to him and so he kind of lived like that motto was like do the things that get your adrenaline pumping he was never scared of anything so river rafting snowboarding were big snowboarders um But he would go fast and crazy, whereas I would just mosey on down the mountain casually and anything jumping off of cliffs, anything wild and crazy that he could do. That was was his jam. Um, And river rafting was a big one for him, particularly whitewater rafting in boats. And he wasn't really much of a kayaker, um, but we owned kayaks and I whitewater kayaked on occasion. Um, I grew up river rafting as a child. And my dad is just a really epic river after him. A lot of people in the community know him. So when Bill joined our family, he just really embraced that community and loved those activities. So um, here at the cabin where we live in Leavenworth, there's a river called the Wenatchee River, which is a really cool raf- rafting river. And in the summertime, inner tubing. There's a really cheesy Amazon movie
0: right now that's
2: based here. <gasps> what uh, it's is it, of Veloci- some- Pastor? <laughs> no okay and all the cheesy romantic movies are because like this is christmastown usa so there was a lifetime movie this year all those movies are based here because it's a tourist attraction so we've got the river rafting we've got the snowboarding and the skiing the the snowmobiling and so that was why this was a perfect place for us to retire so bill was waiting to try out some different parts of the river that he had never done before in june of this of 2022 so june 25th 2022 bill and one of his friends decided to go check out a portion of the river that they hadn't done before and they left really early the plan was that they would go out they would raft all the way down to here at our house because we're on the river and then do some mountain biking or other activities it's the beginning of summer the weather was amazing and um, I did have a good feeling about it, so I refused to drive him up. So my friend drove him out in my truck to the spot where they put into the river. Um, about two hours after they left, my the friend's wife called me because they had the Garmin in reach, and it had triggered the SOS. And so the Garmin in reach. Just does pre recorded messages. So it'll call emergency services when something's needed. So she calls me and said, There was just an SOS. And I'm like, A what? And I'm still in my pajamas because I was having a lazy Saturday. I just threw pants, shorts on. I don't even think I was wearing a bra at the time. And we just took off and drove out there. And we arrived before the emergency services arrived on site, but they were there maybe a minute later. And we pretty quickly, because it gives you a pin, a GPS pin of where they are. And so we could see the river from the road and pretty quickly spotted her husband. And it's massive rapids, really loud river. So we're screaming across and he's basically saying, I don't know where Bill is. A lot of this stuff now is a blur to me. But basically, I'd say approximately 40 Search and Rescue ended up showing up. From Lake Wenatchee Fire and Rescue. It's a volunteer organization, so these are all volunteers. They get notification and they show up. And um they started looking for Bill. So they did ground crew searches. They located Bill's boat right away. Bill actually had the Garmin on him on his boat in the dry bag and uh his friend went over to the boat and grabbed the Garmin and that's how he was able to trigger the SOS.
1: And They ended up calling in a helicopter. Just so you guys know, the thing that she's talking about is a little device that's a satellite communicator. And you turn it on. And if you have an emergency, then you push a button and it alerts your emergency contact. And it also goes directly to search and rescue or somebody who can come. And so that's what she's talking about when she's talking about the little device, the inReach that they use to be able to find. Now you can keep going now that we've had that little promo.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they didn't even... The guys didn't even talk about bringing that until the night before when I refused to drive them out. I was like, you need to bring the in-reach out there. You're going to be in a place where there's no cell phone service. What if something happens? And so I made them bring that with them, too. And so um, his friend wouldn't have been able to be rescued in time and it would have been eight hours before we would have known anything without that in reach. So they called in a helicopter. That was really surreal having a helicopter coming overhead that came from King County, which is about two hours away from where I'm at because the County I'm in here, Shland County is um, a much smaller community and their helicopter, I guess was in use. There's a lot of emergency services needed out here with recreational activities. So they're hollering over the helicopter. His description, what he was wearing, um, his life jacket color, all those things. And um, they searched for about eight hours, I would say, and it started to get dusk and they said, we're just going to call it. And at that time, in my head, he's just lost in the woods somewhere trying to find the road. So... So that's just where my head was at at the time. So we decided to come home to the cabin and I couldn't eat. My friends brought me tater tots because I love potatoes and I didn't even eat those. And I'm trying to figure out where is he. It's almost dark. And my friend who was staying with me last summer and drove them out there was like, let's just go out one more time. So we go to drive out just to scream his name and maybe he's wandering on the road now. And a huge bear ran across the road, right, as we're approaching where he went missing. And that's the first time I've seen a bear out there. We get bears, but, like, never seen one in person out there, and that was just wild. And so we're trying to walk towards the river, and we both get scared of bears and just run back. Well, yeah! truck. So... The next day, a ton of friends showed up at my house and my brother started a search and rescue crew of volunteers, of friends and family. The search and rescue from the local Lake Winatchew Search and Rescue and from the Chelan County Sheriff's Department were also on site to look for him. And I decided to stay home because I was in cell phone service. I started making calls to friends and family that were close just to let them know he was missing Um, And wanted to stay nearby. So I'm at home. And about halfway through the day, I see a black truck drive by, which looks like my dad's truck, drives past my house. And then two sheriff's trucks drive by. And then they whip around. My dad was just in such a rush and grief brain that he totally drove by my house. And so the sheriff stopped because they know where I live. And they get out of the car and they're like, we're just going to wait for your dad. And that's when I knew. It wasn't good. And so my dad pulls up, gets out of the truck, and then they go and grab a life jacket. And they said, was this Bill's life jacket? And it was. Ah. And so um, they basically were like, anytime something like this happens, person usually doesn't survive. And they anticipated that he was probably stuck in a log jam, or caught under a rock and the force of the water ripped the life jacket off of him oh wow so that was insane like you hear people tell stories about what it's like when you find out someone is dead and i didn't know i was like i think I, he probably is dead but again i don't know and it's kind of like yeah you sob and but i it my reaction was like the movies where i just kind of like fell to the ground Like in disbelief
1: so the kind of kayak he was using was like the kind where you're like buttoned up into it with like the little apron thing and it's like sometimes you flip you flip upside down and you have to be able to like flip yourself right side up like that kind of major heavy duty kayak situation great
2: question that kayak
1: was not the kind he was in, but it is a
2: whitewater kayak. It's called an inflatable kayak. So it's made by the companies that build these kayaks for whitewater rafting. It was actually my kayak he was in. He didn't have a ton of experience. And so what I found out later on was that the guys got got into the water and then um they what his he was planning on doing was scouting the river. So he'd just pull over, look at it, the spot. And then if it didn't look like a spot, he'd want to go down he would pull the kayak out and walk around. Well, he ended up falling out when he was trying to do that. And so went over a waterfall.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We're just both speechless for a sec.
0: He's doing this extreme sport and then he's missing. And so uh, remind us how long was he missing?
1: Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances but guess what a little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff and now you find yourself making all the decisions maybe you're mad about that maybe i am nicole from the he's gone but the money's not podcast is here to help she tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.
2: So at the time it was the end of June, we had a massive snow season and the lake and river that he's by is from the ski resorts. The the melt off feeds into that. And so it was higher than normal water. And the search and rescue guys were like, we can't get into the water where we think he might be. We're going to look around the banks and look for him. And they had drones out looking for him. And they sent the helicopter actually was the, what found his life jacket was the helicopter And, um, and so the search and rescue group was out every day looking for him from then on, pretty much the there's volunteers for the local fire department. And then there's the sheriff's department who, um, is the sheriff's departments, the police force that's funding that search and rescue. And so more so the volunteers than the sheriff's department were out looking for him on a regular basis. And then my brother was out every day looking for him and my brother, is a river after two and into the extreme sports and was there every day until we found bill. And so search and rescue couldn't really get into the water for almost four weeks. And when the water levels dropped to the level that they could get in was when they said, okay, we've got this scheduled day. We're going to send a dive crew out to look for bill in that four week period. My mind is like, what happens if they don't find him? I didn't know this, but somebody can be missing for seven years before they're declared legally dead. So I wouldn't have had rights to the property we share, life insurance, all these things if they didn't find him. And so I'm just like, what if we don't find him?
0: And is that required? Like if they can't find him, you have to wait seven years.
2: You can go to court and fight it. And show enough evidence that he is truly dead. Which I know there's people out there that are are doing those types of things because there's there is so many missing people that are presumed dead, but the legal system says it's this. The magic number is seven years.
0: Oh my gosh, Audrey! Ah, <laughs> Audrey, uh, so was it four weeks to where they found him? Holy hell! How yeah. did you did you even sleep or eat? And like what did you do? How did you deal with that? I didn't eat. I
2: didn't eat at all hardly. Um, which is ironic for me, because I'm a foodie. I slept a lot because I think it was so emotionally draining that I would just sleep through the night because the whole day I'm stressing about hearing from the group that's out there with the drone and whether or not they found anything. So within that four weeks, they ended up finding his flash jacket, which is like a waterproof jacket they found his shirt he was wearing underneath that so they kept finding things so we tapped into a few resources there is an organization called find me which is a group of professionals that are search and rescue psychics and different groups like uh, different people like that and so they were on the case like trying to locate his body now I've determined it's his body I'm pretty sure he's dead I deactivated all my social media and didn't tell very many people because I didn't want that false hope that people, Oh, he's a big, strong man. He'll survive. It's fine. And I felt like that was just not going to be productive for me. So I kind of became a little bit of a recluse from friends and family and, um, hid at my home in Seattle or outside of Seattle. The day came that the the um, dive team was going to go out and look for him. And they had some spots where they thought he might be located. And my brother was there as well, sheriff's department and then the, um, the local fire department search and rescue. They searched all day and didn't find him on the day that it was scheduled. And one of the guys, I think from the sheriff's department was like, you know, I think I saw something on drone footage or something. And this was like, I think a mile down the river from where he went missing and there was a log jam there and so the scuba team had left though the dive team had left and it was just a couple of guys from the sheriff's department and my brother and they went down to this spot and they found him
1: during the four weeks that he was missing did your brain do any crazy things like did you think that he was actually in the cia or like (laughs) (laughs) had to run away to be in the circus (laughs) or something or were you pretty much just like resigned to the fact that he died. At that time, no,
2: but now my brain does those things. When you talk about that in the Widow Wives Club and in on the podcast, I'm like having these dreams, like he just shows up and he's like, just kidding, I was just trying to figure out if I could survive in the woods. And I don't know if it's my brain just because I didn't see his body. Mm -hmm. And so I never saw his body. I can't imagine gross how what it would have looked like that would be traumatizing my brother saw his foot and I know that that's got to be traumatizing
0: oh my gosh yes I have a question too I was watching a documentary about a murder and well not a murder it was about a boating accident and the girl was missing I think for two weeks and I was kind of paying attention to what their thought process was because they said okay we're out here diving search and rescue is here we just hope that she's found okay and like even on the news the family's saying this and i'm like is there ever a scenario that you've heard of where somebody's been in an accident like that and like they really just swim down the stream and they're like lost somewhere or is that you know what i mean like why do our brains do that like well maybe she'll be fine
1: he was found in the gulf of mexico he made his way over to the mississippi and got shot out the gulf of mexico he just kept swimming he just kept going
2: that's why it's seven years to decide if they're dead or not because maybe they did run off i don't know but um i knew the moment they found his life jacket because his life jacket was zipped up and bill is the messiest guy you've ever met he socks and underwear and jackets and things everywhere he would have never taken life jacket off and then zipped it back up and so that's the moment when i knew like He's definitely not. Oh my god! He's definitely gone.
1: Do they think his like arms slipped out of it because it wasn't torn or anything? Like he wore size thirteen f-
2: shoes, and so he had big
1: feet. My brain is like his foot got lodged under
2: something, and then yeah, the current ripped the life okay. jacket. Okay, so it was like
1: intact, else. but yeah. it was almost like yeah. a, okay. Well, okay. that's yeah. strong. Like, not
0: tore it, but yes, yeah, okay. strong that current. Sense. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you did not see his body, but they retrieved his body.
2: Yes, my brother was there through the whole thing. So they brought a out. Hel- it was in the middle of the river in a log jam. And so they had to bring a helicopter out. And I actually did see the. my brother showed me the video. I don't know if I was prepared at the time to see the video, but I saw the video of the helicopter lifting oh his body out of the river in the- in a body bag. And then um, the, the closest funeral home is an hour plus away. And so they had to drive out there and get him. And my brother was like, do I stay? What do I do? And they were like, nope, we got it from here. And so my brother drove into cell phone range and called me and the sense of relief, like I knew the search and rescue was going on. And so I had my sister and my best friend over at my house. Cause I wanted to be around people when I got any news, whether it was, they didn't find him or they did. And so the relief that I felt when they found him was just massive it was like you could take a breath like he's not missing anymore he we know we have answers and so that was and then it was just phone calls after that It's calling people who knew him who knew and then calling the people who didn't know or that had no idea he was even missing
1: um it's not a good situation when the relief comes when you know that somebody is dead, you know what I'm saying, like it's just such a strange thing to be saying, like, "Oh, I feel so relieved. like what what world is that a relief? But I totally yeah. understand what you're saying, but just to not be questioning and not have to go through that like torture every single day and not, yeah, know.
2: yeah, the answers. And we talked about the fact that I'm a crazy dog lady. (laughs) You've met Adler. He's such an emotional dog. And so I was like, what do I do with this dog? He knows something's up with me. He hasn't seen his DAD. I can't even say the word because he'll look around even looking for him today.
0: So
2: I have a friend who was connecting us through find me the psychic organization i was like can you find me an animal communicator because i need someone to talk to adler and tell him what's going on and so through a couple of people i got connected through to this woman in germany and spoke german so i'm typing in google translate my message to her and i'm a little bit skeptical of the whole situation she's in germany on the other side of the world but there was these weird signs too. When I contacted her to tell her the situation, she told me she had just lost her husband a few weeks before. And then her last name had Adler's name in it. And so I was like, she needs to talk to Adler. Wow. So it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I want to hear how that went down because I've never heard of a dog psychic or a pet psychic. So explain.
2: I don't know if everybody does it this way, but what she did was required a picture of him with his eyes. And so I sent him a picture of his sad face and I'm trying to remember what other things, I think it was like how old he is, what his sex is and just a few details about him. And then um, she wrote me back a couple of days later and she said, I found a really good spot to communicate to him. And basically Asked him what you know what he thought was going on, how he felt about the situation. Explained to him where his dad was, and so she. It's so heartbreaking. She basically just, he, he felt like he let his pack down, and that his pack, oh. like his his whole goal in life is to keep his pack together, and he felt like he failed.
0: Oh my gosh, poor boy.
2: Yeah, Sadler. That's his nickname.
0: Sadler.
1: <laughs> sadler needs some bark box (laughs) yeah he needs all of the treats and all of the toys well you know he's spoiled yeah he gets all
0: of your new zealand stuff so does she like communicate with him too and say it's not your fault how did it end up
2: yeah she explained the situation and and um i think doesn't matter what the answer is and what the situation is, Adler's still grieving. And so I definitely saw my dogs grieving. My other I have another dog, but she's not as obsessed with me as Adler is. <laughs> and they both were moping around the house. They could feel that things were different. There was people constantly there. I'm not traveling. Their DAD's not home. And so they grieved for quite some time. And I still feel like they probably still wonder when he's going to come home. But I think that the pet psychic did help, like, at least give him some answers. Because I did notice a little bit of a change in him after that.
1: So, Audrey, you've made this plan for your life. You're going to retire when you're 50. You guys are going to have dogs. You're going to travel. You're going to snowboard. You're going to do all the fun stuff together. And it's just poof. It's gone. So how have you started to figure out what life is going to be like for you? You're not that far out. So I feel like maybe it's not a fair question to be like, so what's the plan now? But you've changed some things in your life. So obviously you've started to move toward that path.
2: Yeah. Old Audrey had her life figured out for, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And now it's just completely out, out, out of the, went down the waterfall. (laughs) and um and it's like, uh, coming like to, literally though literally <laughs> yeah coming to terms with that not being able to control what's going to happen to me in the future and also letting go of just expectations was a big part of what i've been working on on myself for the last several months but um another thing that i've really worked on a lot is working in nonprofit work over the last couple of months and i've Found a lot of therapeutic benefits to doing nonprofit work, partially with search and rescue and with the fire department here locally, and learning about the funding and where the money goes to, and trying to prevent stuff like this happening in the future. I spoke to our local fire chief and was asking him some questions about how often does this happen? How can we prevent these types of things? Last year, there was 14 water rescues just in this local community, in this small community, and then in Leavenworth downtown in that area, 30 water rescues last summer. The funding for water rescue comes from the sheriff's department. So a lot of people don't realize that I didn't know that at the time either, that, you know, when we're talking about all the work that that the police department and the sheriff's department does, a portion of that goes to search and rescue and What portion do we provide search and rescue or or how much is funded? And the local fire department, which did so much in recovery and looking for bill and in the recovery of bill, has zero funding for search and rescue. They're just their funding is fire and EMS. And they have as EMS has a duty to show up when there's search and rescue calls, but they don't have the tools to do the things that they need to do. They don't have a boat or life jackets or training to do water rescue. And so a lot of what I've been working on since Bill's death has been trying to find ways to raise funds for that type of thing. I live in a community that's big into outdoor activities. There's skiing and snowboarding and the snowmobiling and all the water activities in the summer and hiking and remote wilderness. So how can I help raise funds and help prevent something like this happening down the line to somebody else. So that's been a big part of what I've been doing over the last few months. Um, We raised quite a bit of money after Bill's death for a new drone for the fire department. Um, They use the drone every day when they were looking for him. And that was because they couldn't reach the areas where they thought he might be missing. And that drone will help with future rescues. That'll help. We have a lot of forest fires out here. It's going to help with the forest fires. And so that's the silver lining of all this. And I think Bill would be really stoked. And I think we're going to name the drone after him. We haven't found yeah, the clever Bill name. Bill the drone. <laughs> yeah, big Bill, I think. He was 6'4". He was a really big dude. Big so guy. Okay. Big Bill.
0: So how did you go about raising funds for this?
2: Because of being involved with the search and rescue team for four weeks, I got to know a few people. And my brother really got involved in it, too. My brother's an engineer, not a search and rescue type guy um and through this whole thing my brother has joined the fire department as a volunteer firefighter um several of our friends in the community have joined the fire department and all of my friends that live near me there's a bunch of us have joined the fire department's auxiliary which helps raise funds for these types of things so through that process of looking for bill i met a lot of people and then i was like listen i gotta do something i gotta do something good from this situation. And so that's how we were able to raise the money. I think we raised about $17,000. I don't nice. know if that's the final number, but um, it was somewhere yeah. around there.
0: I have an idea for you guys. Somebody needs to train a search and rescue vulture <laughs> that can go and find people. I'm serious. <clears throat> they can smell stuff from forever away. So if that's you train like so
1: it... so morbid <laughs>
0: Listen, inclusivity and positivity about vultures. Well,
1: I'm a crazy
2: dog lady. I feel like I should be handling the dogs. But that's the other thing I've been volunteering with is our local rescue started doing some volunteer work there, too, because Bill's dream was to one day just have like a house full of rescue dogs. And so
1: if I can happen, Yeah, no, I was going to ask you like dogs.
0: I was going to ask if you were going to have your dog not maybe not, you know, Adler because he's. 12 but if you were going to train some dogs in in scent work
2: i don't know if um i have the capabilities of doing that but definitely would love to help connect a dog and somebody who knows how to do those things um we do have avalanche dogs around in the area too because we have a big ski resort right up the road so um yeah that would be really cool that's yeah. one of the reasons why i started working in the um animal rescue too
1: I love
0: that. Wow.
1: So I think that you've just kind of explained something that a lot of people who have gone through loss and are in grief feel it's like, we feel like we need to turn around and do something with it. You know, it's like, I cannot just hold this without doing something with it because it's almost like just too much to hold on to and feel like it's got nothing good from it. Um, so i love the creativity and where it went because that's not how it goes for everybody but i do feel like a lot of people feel that same i mean it it created a podcast with mel and i right that same feeling of like i need to do something with this um tell us about your decision to move to the log cabin full-time <laughs> oh and how that's... are you feeling about that now no it... I don't ask Audrey a year
2: from now if she's still in the woods, because I'm not sure that I would do it again if I was uh, my some people have called me the Disney princess because I have had bears. I have had a cougar. Um, last week, I had a squirrel that made its way into the house um, while I was gone. I was actually in New Zealand a couple weeks ago and a squirrel moved in. So I do feel like a Disney princess because I'm just living in harmony with all of these animals around. But but
0: do
1: they clean or are they just making a bigger mess?
2: Yeah, no, they're not helpful okay. at all. Train yeah, them.
0: Search and rescue and cleaning vultures.
2: <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Tame that cougar that keeps walking through the yard. Or last night it was coyotes. There was coyotes in the yard. Oh,
0: my gosh. I was just going to say, can I come visit you? But now I'm like, I'm kind of scared I'll get eaten.
2: Well, I got a ski resort 25 minutes away. So, um and I volunteer there too. I uh, work with a nonprofit called the Chill Foundation. I've done that for years, and we take underserved youth and teach them how to snowboard, which is a pretty cool program. My gut reaction initially was like, I'm going to sell this house because Bill died up here. And that I just was like mad at nature. And I was trying to find a way to reconcile with nature. And then I just remembered what Bill would have wanted. This was our retirement dream and our plan. And so that's why. I ended up moving here full time. I work remote. And so I can live anywhere. My community is here. My people are here. It's a beautiful area. And so I made the decision to move and then it snowed like four feet in a week. And then the the pipes were freezing and the toilet broke and all of these things happened that just built character, I suppose you could say. Um, So that was why I, uh, That's the silver lining, I guess, is what I'm looking at is I was meant to be here, but it's been a learning experience. But I'm doing what Bill would have wanted me to do. That's what if he was in the situation, he would have told me to do this.
0: What was the date where he went missing and what was the date where they found him?
2: He went missing on June 25th and I think
0: of 2022. Yes.
2: And then I think he was found in July, uh, July 22nd. It was a Friday. So it was like almost a month later.
0: Okay, yeah. so we're recording this what are what are we in? We're almost in March, but our episodes sometimes are we pre-record them and they come out a couple months later. So whenever this comes out, it's still you're still like within a year.
2: Yeah. But I'm an I'm an extrovert. Like I why did I move into the woods? <laughs> remote. I don't know. Like I want to be around people to be extroverted with the squirrels and the vultures
0: and to make friends on the internet, random strangers. <laughs>
2: that's why we've become friends yeah so those are the best this is the best group of people that to become friends with yeah I don't know maybe it's just me trying lots of different things and now that I know I can't decide what I'm going to be doing a year from now or five months five years from now I can make good decisions but I'm just going to roll with the punches and no dog or no kids so I might live in another state next year who knows
0: you might live in New Zealand maybe yeah I could maybe anywhere I have a question for you, because a little while ago, we kind of put feelers out in the Widow Wives Club. Are you liking the content? Like, what do you like? What do you not like? And for the majority of people, they were like, cool, keep doing it. Um, And I think we did get a few requests that they would like more stories of people that are fresh in grief, like newly widowed. So this is definitely you. So... Yeah what are some things where you were just like, um, excuse me, what is going on? I need to talk about it because as Anita and I get further away from the deaths, I think we forget some of those initial things. Tell us what your life has been like in your emotions and your experience of being a widow.
2: Yeah. I think the shock of Bill's death, his age and the way he died and the whole story has really put a lot of people in my life in this state of shock too. And so for me, it was really difficult to grieve with people that knew Bill because they were in shock about how he died and they were grieving him. And so I feel like I've, I did distance myself from a lot of people that I was close with. For me, finding people who understood, even if they weren't fresh in grief, just people who understood what it was like to lose a spouse and to lose a spouse at a young age even or in a shocking way and then just learning more about these people who um are grieving their person I love grieving with other people and about their person and learning about their person and I think that when you put that survey out that's the number one thing I said was listening to other people who have lost their person because I've it It keeps them alive. It keeps their memory alive. And I hope at some point that I can return and do the same with Bill and keep Bill's memory alive. And so that's the thing that I have really leaned into over the past few months is talking to other people who have lost their person. I, through the group, found somebody who's we call each other Our Widow Wives through your guys' organization. Yeah! Um, Shout out to Karen. Um, I know Karen! yeah. By the we, way,
0: thanks for moderating, Karen.
2: <laughs> she was in the kind of, it felt like we were in the same stage of grief. We live so far apart, but I reached out to him and was like, you keep saying things in the group that I feel like connected with. And so then we just started messaging each other and then we're texting each other. And so we've just become really good friends. And I, I, I don't know, I feel like widowhood's uh, in this stage of life, of life in widow, in this stage of widowhood, it feels like a lot of, I'm binging this show. What show are you binging? Or I'm not eating good foods. Or um, I had strawberries for dinner because that's what was in the fridge. And that's the stage I'm in. And we and
0: wait. We're in. I
1: think I'm still on that stage. I think I still am
0: too. Do you guys want to add us to your thread? <laughs> what kind of Oreos did you have today? I ate these almonds because that they were here. Or cup, cupcakes for dinner. I think that was me a couple nights yes. ago. Cookies yeah. here. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, Um, I'm glad you found a widow wife and somebody that can relate because this is just such a super hard journey. And it always makes me like feel conflicting feelings because we've been through so many hard things. And, and those of us that have gone through it don't want other people to have to go through it, but we can't change that. And people will go through it. And the ways that we can witness people giving back to those uh like when people are a little bit farther out like what you're doing too even though you're still like within a year like you you have like other uh, goal that you want to reach back you know and over time like continue helping others in the situation and so it's this beautiful thing that has come from the most horrible situation yeah
2: that's what we call this so sil- i keep calling it the silver lining it's
0: The things that I never
2: would have imagined. I I talked to my boss today on Zoom in New Zealand and he was like, I don't know, I feel like you might have like some future in some of this brief widow space and um, a year ago would have never even imagined that that that's where I would be today.
1: Did you tell him you were going to be a major podcast guest in (laughs) just a few hours? Your New Zealand viewership
2: is going to like spike massively when the episode comes out.
1: (laughs) Audrey, I want to ask you a question that I know is something that a lot of widows deal with. And I feel like it might be extra for you because you live in a log cabin in the middle of the woods. Talk to us about the feelings of isolation and feeling lonely as a Uh, widow. I haven't figured out how to handle that yet, to be
2: honest. I think, luckily, this new age of Zoom, there's that, and I've I've worked in a remote position for ten years, and so I've developed relationships with coworkers via Zoom for ten years, and so that's definitely helped. in and strangers on the internet, strangers in the widow wives club, uh, but I definitely feel remote isolation for sure, and I don't know the answer because I am an extrovert. So I'm coming to Camp Widow in a couple of weeks. Oh, Um, excellent. Yeah. And I'll probably travel more. I mean, I have these two dogs that I don't know what to do with, but um, Adler likes to bite people and dogs too. So he has to, he's a special case.
0: Do your in-laws watch the dogs? Do you like drive them to your in-laws so they can watch them or who watches them?
2: Well, they're, um, Two hours away now, but my sister definitely helps with that. She, okay, yeah, she's a good auntie. She's their godmom. Aww. Okay,
1: this is going to be maybe a dumb question, and maybe it won't be a dumb question. Do you find that your dogs are able to help with missing of, like, physical touch? Do they help? Is it not helpful? Is it something that you, like, come here, dog. Like, <laughs> I need to feel something warm and alive <laughs> and feel that, you know, connection with somebody or something
2: i wish but
0: um, no <laughs> they're not good snugglers oh uh, you need I a get a rescue vishla
2: yeah yeah adler listens to me and when i tell him what to do but then the minute he can get away he gets away he doesn't like to be smothered oh, and my man. other dog she's just not into it at all
0: i have another oh, question and this is kind of random you mentioned life insurance and I know that one of my friends, when she applied for life insurance, they found out that her husband went, was a rock climber or like rock climbed once or twice in his life. And as soon as they found that out, they're like, oh, you can't apply. How did you get life insurance? If you're doing extreme sports or does she just have a weird company that was like, yeah. We I didn't it. know that that wasn't a question that they asked. Yeah, I think they ask what other activities you do. Like I got asked about skiing.
1: Um, I think it depends on the policies. Like some of them have more rigorous interview processes than others do, because I've done a couple of them. And like, they're like, are you alive? Yes. Like, do you smoke? No. Okay, you're in. And some of them are like, have you ever been? How many times a week do you go to Texas Roadhouse? You know, <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, well the thing is Bill knew he did stupid stuff. So the really crazy thing is that he paid extra to double his life insurance policy too because he he knew he was doing stupid things and he must have had that hindsight when he signed up. It was through his work though. I don't think they asked a lot of questions.
0: Oh that's
1: so nice. Bill was I... a rocket scientist, by the way. Like that was what, what he did for a Wait, what? Yeah. 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 What kind of engineer was he? I mean, an aerospace engineer? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He worked for Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos' company. And they had a really cool benefit that I took advantage of as well. Uh, It was bereavement planning. So it was basically a death assistant, I suppose you could call it. Yeah. So she just would... When I didn't... I started talking to her before they found Bill, but it was, you know, helped me with... Find me a financial planner. She helped me... Find where we had a celebration of life, and she helped me navigate all the legal questions. And it was a really amazing benefit that his company offered.
1: Wow! wow. Yeah, that's rad. Actually, Good I've job. never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And I had it a- described
2: grief for me, like because I didn't know. Like, why do I want to keep doing all the things? Like, why do I want to figure out these? policies and was, oh I'm an instrumental griever I had no idea what that even was so. how have we
0: not heard of this and we like are in the grieve community we need to learn more what yeah, are they I called don't, I don't think it's very common unfortunately grievement
2: services and so I think they do things too when somebody's also terminally ill so they offer those services to their employees or spouses of, or like if, a, if the employee dies or if the employees or if somebody I don't know someone in their family family's yeah. dying. I think it's hyper local, though. Like you, she knew how to navigate Washington state law because she's in Seattle. So
1: it sounds like a death doula, really, to me. Like that's it sounds yeah. like a like, fancier sort of. term for that. Yeah, and also yeah. like
0: Washington and like Pacific Northwest, they are not averse to talking about death. You know, in politics and things like that. Like we know some legislation. You know, it's always a it's a topic. So yeah. I'm not surprised it's not in Utah, but. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, it sucks someone died, but that's awesome. What what did you say the type of griever is that you are?
2: Instrumental griever.
0: What I does that mean? A, where
2: you check the boxes, you, you have to do the things. Like you're not it's less emotional, more doing the things to deal with your grief, which is yeah. yeah.
0: What what are the other kinds, did you know?
2: Uh, I think it was emotional it's just emotional griever instrumental griever. And you can be a hybrid. You can be one of one one the other or both.
0: Is there like sociopathic griever? I think that comes down the line. Okay. Like okay. How is your brain doing with widow brain?
2: Uh, it, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. I'm a leader at work too. And so it makes it really difficult to lead other people. Sorry guys, if you're listening, um, mm-hmm. they're so understanding though, but yeah. And I have dyslexia. So between, Widow brain and dyslexia, like, the things that come out of my mouth don't make sense sometimes. Okay,
1: wait. I feel like widow brain should, like, because it makes you dyslexic, I feel like it should cancel each other out. (laughs) It just makes it worse. Dang it. I was really hoping for
0: something for you. Shout out to Audrey's work, people, too, for being awesome and patient with her. We thank you from two rando widows that you (laughs) probably will never meet.
2: Oh, my gosh. And work has been amazing. Like, I went back way too soon, but they were like, take as much time as you need. They made a significant donation to the, for the drone. And that just solidified that I'm in the right company doing the right thing. And that has been, my boss came out from New Zealand. Once he, the minute he heard that Bill was missing, he, he got on a plane, three kids under four got on a plane and came out and was just
1: talking to people, came over, walked Adler, like, Amazing!
2: Who does that?
1: I don't know. Wow, it's a really short flight too. It's only like a twenty-four minute flight from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, Um, super
0: quick. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Everybody needs to be like your work. I know. know. Do you work for the best company on the planet? Yes. I I feel like I do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Audrey, what what plans do you have for yourself? Are you in the time frame where you're just figuring out moment by moment? Do you? Yeah. Have anything you want to do or make happen or just get through it for now and then figure it out as you go?
2: Yeah, one obstacle at a time. I went snowboarding for the first time a couple of weeks ago and I posted in the wives yeah. Club. It was crazy how emotional I got. And I knew I was going to because it took me so long to go up. But I but the kids and volunteering really kind of got me over the obstacle. And so what I'm, you know, taking one day at a time is really. My plan now and and exploring different grief options like handling grief and how do i find other people to com- connect with because i'm an in- i'm an extrovert so and, and live in the woods yeah but i don't know maybe next year i'll move to texas up with my sister to get out of the snow and then come back here in the summer it's amazing or maybe i'll go to the east coast i don't know
1: yeah does that feel daunting also Does it feel freeing at all? Or does it just feel totally like this is not what I want to be doing and I don't like that I have these options?
2: I know, isn't that like where probably, you know, look, think about that, all those options and you're like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, oh my gosh, but then I could do this. And so it vacillates between the two. And I've just realized that I can't make any, I can't decide what I'm doing five years for now. So I just have to go with the flow, which is not my personality type at all by any stretch of the imagination but i'm letting it happen because i can't make decisions right now i can't make long-term decisions and nobody is really relying on me but me which is the benefit of not having kids i guess
0: yeah. the benefit and the hard thing because there's the isolation and loneliness yeah but you don't have like anita's stress, which but is but you like... live in
1: a log cabin in the woods one yeah. time a squirrel ate a hole through my pants pocket.
0: How? How did it end, end up in
1: a, your pants? It had a candy bar in there and I was camping. <laughs> Anita. The Anita. pants were not on me at the time, <laughs> but I like came back to the tent and the squirrel was like, <sighs> and it it got the candy bar and I and had a hole
0: in my pants pocket. The more childhood stories I hear about <laughs> you, the more I realize you actually were a feral child. What and if I told you I was an adult when that happened? okay not surprised either
1: (laughs) it ate through the outside of my pocket too not like from the inside so i had a whole (laughs) life and life camping is like what i live here
2: every day it's like permanent camping
1: when you talk about like having to get your wood for your wood stove and i'm like i'm out nope 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 that's that's not for me (laughs) the snow is like 82 feet tall Ugh. Yeah, there's a, I'm oh, learning goodness. a lot. <laughs> or
2: the time my toilet broke when because it was so cold, the wax ring failed. And I'm like,
1: what am what? I going to do? I didn't even <laughs> know that was a thing that could happen.
2: Uh, I didn't either. And I was like, yeah. maybe I can watch a YouTube video and take the toilet apart. But then what <laughs> if I do more damage than good? And
1: Yeah. Here's a question, though. As an instrumental griever, have you found it helpful that you are quite busy with What some might say are like mundane tasks. Like you have to do, you have to check all of these boxes just to live. You don't have a lot of time to just like sit and think about things. You're like, I got stuff to do to live in the little house on the prairie here. That's probably why I did this, put Mm -hmm. myself into this situation is because
2: I needed to challenge myself in those ways. Because I probably would have been just stuck in some weird rut if I stayed there at the other house and reintegrated into that
1: society. Do you have to chop your own wood? I have a log splitter.
0: But and my Yes, you do. Have,
2: it's not super, I mean, it's remote, but there's neighbors. And so we go out as a group and cut down trees and chop wood. That's been something we've always done. And so, yeah, luckily I had all the wood already ready for the winter before Bill died this um, summer. My neighbors, I'm sure, will help me restock.
0: Wasn't it you, Audrey, that got that couch you're sitting on? As your yeah, gr- like, grief yes, couch, I thought that was the I... best post.
2: Yes. Cause I'm like, I'm going to binge watch TV shows on a regular being isolated in the woods. I better get a nice couch. Yeah. The grief couch. Yeah.
0: So, uh, well, I just would like to extend the invitation that anytime you feel like you need to like go snowboard somewhere, Utah's a great place. If you need to get out, I'll ski with you. I'll ski. You can snowboard. Um, yeah. And there are a bunch of skiers and snowboarders in the Widow Wives Club. So, yeah, yeah, we, we should. It. Let's do it. And a
2: trip, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I've snowboarded in multiple countries, different states. It's definitely my jam. We got married in Whistler, so uh, went snowboarding, got married, and
0: yeah, in the snow. I may be predicting that we might be ski travel friends in the future, yeah. unless you're like, I don't like you, go away, please go away. <laughs> so, because I try to drag Anita, and I find it took me three years to get her. Once this year once
2: yeah but anita i feel like you're my like like i've been snowboarding for i think like 25 years but i'm like cruisy just chilling down really yeah. slow i'm 42 i'm going to break a bone if i go any too wild so i'm just a real cruisy
1: snowboarder i'm mostly worried about not getting myself hurt that's how i feel about it exactly always, so. yeah. yeah yeah i just
0: want to do jumps <laughs> Yeah. there's something for everyone at any on any run right Any like good blue <laughs> yes. run like people can run down the groomer it's fine people can go in the trees off to the side or whatever you know you can find stuff to do
2: I'll record you while you're doing your jumps
0: okay Perfect. you can That's be my it, no. my ski mom filmer yeah okay Audrey plan on it I'm serious And we are so glad that we got to talk to you today. And Anita gets to ask the last question. The muy muy important question of,
2: what's your favorite cheese, Audrey? I laugh so hard when I listen to the episodes and people are like shocked when they get asked (laughs) these questions. Like, have you even listened to the podcast? I
0: know. We're like,
1: we can tell you don't listen. We say the same thing. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) we know
2: Uh, your secret. Mm -hmm. So my... I didn't grow up eating cheese cuz my dad hated it. But How do you hate yeah. cheese? Oh, he thinks it's rotten milk. He loves milk. Cheese is rotten milk. That's his rationale. I mean, he's not he's not wrong. Not wrong kind yeah. of is, yeah. but yeah. it's delicious. But goat cheese, 100% goat cheese.
1: Yeah. See, I feel like you went from, you know, whew, way over cuz goat cheese is not a mild cheese. It's mm-hmm. got some flavor to it, so Yeah. It's good on a salad or
2: a burger or anything. Yeah, yeah,
1: I love it too. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, Audrey, we hope that our listeners have enjoyed this story. Please find the Widow Wives Club on Facebook and join it. Make sure you join the right one because there's two of them out there these days. And if you want to keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com
0: WWDN. If you'd like to buy us tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. And if you will please give us a rating and review, it really helps us
1: to find people when we need to find them. So on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And until we get to talk to you again. Oh, Mel has something. Or
0: get our app.
1: The end. (laughs) Go. Until we get to talk to you again. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. And I'm Audrey. We are two young widows and one widow who lives... In the little house on the prairie but in the woods and we're all just trying to figure out widow we do now
0: this is my favorite thing to discuss with you tell me what is it one of my favorite things i do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month